Hello and welcome to The Earful Runner, a podcast devoted to telling the stories of the run- of running in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary. And I'm Emily. Today we're talking about all things planning. I don't know about you, Mary, but I am like super type <laughs> A and I love to plan like everything. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Em. One of the things I like best about traveling is the planning. I have all of the unofficial guides to Walt Disney World back- dating back to like 1993, I think. As this episode, oh, so many, and I just like it's so interesting because you can watch the evolution of the parks. Like I think the the first two that I have are before Animal Kingdom opened, so that's super fun. So as this episode is being recorded, uh, just as Walt Disney World is reopening, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to walk folks through where things stand right now and things to keep an eye out for as you plan for your running and Disney adventures later in the year. Yeah, definitely. So as of right now, um, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom are reopened to guests. Hollywood Studios and Epcot will be reopening on Wednesday. So today and tomorrow, today is Monday when we're recording this. Um, Today and tomorrow, Tuesday, will be cast member previews. Um, It doesn't look like they're doing a pass holder preview for the studios in Epcot like they did for the other two. They're just doing a cast member preview. What we know so far is just from what we've like read and watched on the internet we're going to refer you to our instagram friends specifically michael who was on our show michael does disney um was super transparent about everything he spent two days in the parks um and it's all saved on his instagram at michael does disney um and also our buddy lisa who's castle run the castle runner on instagram she has also been there and documenting very very carefully i think what was going to do with those was like if you wanted insight into what the men's bathrooms look like follow michael and if you wanted insight into what the women's <laughs> bathrooms look like follow lisa <laughs> which is you know important distinction you know because important distinction yeah but i definitely think uh instagram is going to be your best source of reopening material and content people are doing a really good job of giving you know no holds bars kind of insight into what's happening very transparent and very like honest which is great exactly and if instagram is not your jam we'd encourage you to head over to like www wdw info uh, the Disney Tourist blog, the Unofficial Guides blog. like I feel like all of those are good resources for what's totally. happening right now. And just be aware that for the foreseeable future, a lot of these reopening policies are likely to be in place, i.e. temperature checks, additional baggage screening, social distancing, mask wearing. So for the you know foreseeable future, we're just going to assume that those things are going to happen and should just be something that you keep in mind as you are planning. You can talk a little bit about running in a mask and training a, late, a later in the show. So with that, M and all things planning, she is yeah. the Zen master when it comes to making reservations and resort planning and park passes and dining, um, especially with wine and dine on the horizon. And we're just about six months out from the marathon. Tell us what you know. What are, what's, what are the things that we need to keep an eyeball out for him? So I, the first thing I'll talk about is resorts. So there are a few resorts right now that are not available to be booked at all. No matter when you're going, whether you're going next month or next year, right now, um, all three all-star resorts, Coronado Springs and uh, Port Orleans, both French Quarter and Riverside, are not available to be booked right now. Coronado is hosting some of the athletes that Wide World of Sports is hosting. So that's being set aside for them, as well as some parts of the Floridian, but the Floridian is still available to be booked. We're not sure when these resorts are going to open up again. So that's, so if you have, so right now, if you have existing reservations at those resorts that are closed, um, Disney will be reaching out to you about moving you 
um, with no change in pricing. So they'll either move you, if you were like at an all-star, they'll probably move you to Pop Century or Art of Animation if they're available. Um, and if not, then they'll move you to Caribbean Beach is like the next one that they seem to be moving. I've noticed they've been moving everybody to. So that's, as far as resorts go, that's what's, that's what's happening with resort reservations. We're not sure when they'll be available to be rebooked, but everything else is available. I've noticed that like in this reopening, they've upgraded a lot of people too. So like sometimes some of the DVC areas, the villas that usually can't be booked by get by like the general public are being used for general reservations um, when they have to relocate people because of their closed resorts. Interesting. Um, so, so the big takeaway yeah. on that is like, if you had a very specific resort in mind or you had a resort that you had already booked that might not be available, just check and see what those policies and procedures are going to be, especially if you were planning on say for wine and dine, bringing a bunch of friends and going to all-star music, right? So just understanding, yeah. you know, what that would look like and, and who you need to get in touch with on that. Totally. And if you're booking for like princess or marathon weekend and you wanted one of those like low budget resorts, I would highly suggest making your reservations sooner rather than later because pop century and art of animation are those only value resorts that are open right now. They're filling up really fast budget. If you're trying to be incredibly budget conscious with it, that's definitely like, I would definitely hop on there sooner rather than later. I booked my resort for marathon weekend like a couple weeks ago. Um, and there was still a ton of stuff available. So that's, you know, good to know. So sooner, sooner rather than later is the, is the watchword. I like the it. Take I away like it. Here. Fantastic. So can you talk a little bit about tickets? If people are already holding tickets, if people are looking to buy tickets and how that filters into sort of the new reservation system? Yeah. So if you are a pass holder or you had tickets prior to the shutdown, so if you had tickets prior to the shutdown, they're good through September of 2021. If you had an annual pass prior to the shutdown, you had the option to either pause your payments on it, and then it would ex um, and then it would ex just expire when it expired, or keep paying for it, and then it would be extended for the amount of time the park was closed, mm -hmm. which would have been like you would have gotten like four months added to your to your pass. So with Park tickets the way it is right now, if you're buying new park tickets for 2020, um, they just became available to you um, last week. Um, and as far as I know from what, so my mom just bought one. As far as I know, she had to choose a specific date on the ticket. Unlike the one day one park ticket, she like had to be like, we are coming into the park on this day before she even made like the specific park reservation. She had to pick a day. Got it. Um, okay. I don't know if that's the case for 2021 tickets. I haven't seen, I haven't tried. So that's my annual pass is now good through princess and beyond. So I'm like, there, there I'm you like go. it was, it was going to expire on the day of the 5k for marathon. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm glad that it like, has been yeah, extended. It got, got you through the fall, right? Totally. Makes sense. Through, yeah. So that'll be, yeah, so that'll be good. But, um, but yeah, so then the next thing is like park pass reservations. Um, you can make park reservations for any day of your resort stay if you have a resort stay. Um, and then pass holders can make three days at a time uh, right now outside of their resort stay. So you can, so like right now, like I have reservations during my resort stays and a couple days on either end. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You can do one right now. You can do one park per day. There is no park hopping. 
There's no park hopping right now. They're hoping by 2021 that we will be able to park hop again. I don't know if that's like January 2021 or just like 2021 Sometime is a year. In 2020, yeah. <laughs> um, they're hoping to be able to park hop again. They are selling park hopper tickets for 2021, I believe. So okay. So that they're kind of banking like, on that. So they're kind of banking being. on that being a thing that they can do. But I also was able to make park pass reservations for January. So gotcha. I think there's like. Uh, we hope this is what we can do, but in the meantime, make your park pass reservation anyway. Don't bank on it not being like a thing. Um, you can make one park per day. Um, it'll show you the availability of your parks, whether like every park is available, some parks are available, or they're totally sold out. The only days that are sold out right now are like through the end of this week, like the gotcha. opening the opening week days. Um, everything else has like full availability, like through race weekends and whatnot. Okay, so I just want to walk this back for some of our, yeah. our viewers and listeners who maybe uh, have potentially not been through this process before or had, you know, uh, you know, had park tickets, had a reservation and realized, you know, going into next year, I signed up for the Disney half. What if I haven't already made reservations for that, you know, let's say that Monday, um, mm -hmm. January, what's that January 10th? Right. So 11, as far yeah, as we know, we, everybody still has the, that chunk of time is still available to be reserved. Yes. Yes. Okay. It is. Good. Yeah. Um, you can make park pass reservations, I believe until September of 2021. Um, okay. right. And right now it's like, there is a blanket as like a, this is what we're going to do until we've decided that we don't need to do it anymore. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know. So it's not like if you, had already you know you just got your uh your your bibs for dopey uh you you don't have to then immediately get tickets for 2021 so that you can get you make sure you don't get boxed out in terms of park reserving park days like they're still full of good availability let's say yeah they're still full availability for everything right now um i was able to like make wine and dine weekend reservations and then like three weeks later make them for my mom and everything was still like fully available so that was good. If you tried on the first day that those park passes were available, like people were waiting hours. It took me about six hours of like stopping and starting to get on oh to my try to gosh. make. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it was it was insane. And like luckily, like people weren't really. Some people were going for November, but like most people were going for that opening week. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't as like invested in like getting on right away. <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't as mission critical as it would be for another time of year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's also no new annual pass sales right now. Um, so if you have an ah, annual pass, interesting. Got yeah, it. if you have an annual pass, you can renew it, but there are no new annual pass sales at the moment. Sort of makes sense, right? Because you don't want to get into a position where you have to prorate or add months to somebody's pass because something may happen and you don't know. Exactly. And right now I feel like personally, if I wasn't a pass holder and I was considering making that investment, I wouldn't do it right now. Um, with the park pass system, one, of, I think one of the best parts of having an annual pass is the ability to click come and go as you please. Yes. Um, I, me personally, if I didn't already have the pass, I probably wouldn't be investing in it right now anyway. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, so with sort of a, a snapshot of resorts and tickets, 
Um, dining reservations, from what I understand, can be made now. Is that a is that a thing? Yes, but the ti the timing requirements have changed. So you used to be able to make dining reservations 120 days out, and now it's 60 days, just like fast passes used to be. There's no fast passes right now. That's the other thing to mention. There are no fast ah. passes at the moment, so you won't be making fast pass reservations anytime soon. And we'll see what that entails in the future rise of the resistance is still a virtual queue like it has been but now it's got three release times during the day instead of one giant one in the morning interesting okay so like at the beginning of the day middle of the day end of the day type of thing yeah like 10 a.m 1 a 1 p.m for it 4 p.m i was like 4 a.m that's it you're gonna have to get there real really early or stay really really late yeah 10 a.m 1 p.m 4 p.m Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. No, this yeah. is all so really no good to know passes. for planning purposes. So um, res dining reservations have now kind of taken the place of fast pass reservations as far as timing goes. So now you'll have 60 days instead of 120 days. About 120 days was like a lot of days hmm. to like plan that anyway. So. Well, when you're thinking, you're like, okay, a half a year from now, where do I want to eat on Tuesday? Right. And you're just like, I can't make these kinds of decisions. Yeah. And if you had dining reservations like prior to the shutdown or you had made them like during the shutdown for like later days, they got canceled. I I am now in the spot where like I've had dining reservations canceled three times. <laughs> it's like and it's so sad. Like it's like it is okay, really sad. Yeah, like April reservations canceled, June reservations canceled, September reservations canceled. I was like, oh, this is so sad. It's but so we'll upsetting. There. Yeah, the email was like thoroughly disappointing. Because you're just like, I know I'm not going to be able to go then, but come on. You know? I had like November wine and dine weekend reservations that they like canceled Aww. and that I'm going to have to like hopefully be able to make again. I had Topolino's at Riviera and Peaches and oh. Cream. Oh, come on. Oh That's rough. <laughs> I, had, I had California Grill. Uh, I had Victoria and Albert's. Uh, and I had Narcoosies, and I was like, oh, come on, really? Like, just <sighs> never going to get those again. It's okay. It's all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's okay. So it'll be fine. <laughs> everything's going to be fine. It's, it is. It is. So speaking of everything's fine, that means we are now, what, 27 weeks out from Dopey in terms of training? Something like 26. that? 26. 26 weeks. Yeah. We are now so if you look at the Dopey training plan, it's 29 weeks, but race weekend is on week 28. Okay. So and then we there's are a recovery now... weekend built in the other on the other end. Fantastic. So yeah, so there's the the wearing your medal and walking around, wearing your medals and walking around and recovering part of the training that's super important. Yes. So so with a couple of weeks under your belt, how are you feeling, Em? Eh. <laughs> oh week so one I, week one was really good last week was last week was rough last week was rough okay. i think as the humidity climb and the heat like climbs in new york i'm like oh god yes yes and i i would say that that's a fair uh summation of what's happening to folks in a lot of places across the country yeah. uh, my friend in austin texas refers to training at this point in the year as training in the devil's armpit oh i, I like, like it yeah, that that seems like a reasonable depiction of how hot it must be in Central Texas right now. Uh, any, uh, do you have any tips for our folks who are sort of like looking into the summer and training? I have a, I have a couple that I'm I'm happy to pass along, but I'd love to know what you think from sort of the, uh, you know, biomechanical science background that you have. 
start early. It sucks. <laughs> it, yeah. Getting out of bed has been so hard, especially like right now, not having a job and like not really having like a purpose during the day. Like getting out of bed early is just been like so rough. And then I pay for it. And I know what I'm getting myself in. Like, I know that I'm going to pay for it. So, like, I can't even feel bad for myself because I'm like, you brought this on yourself. Like, you, like <laughs> this is all your fault. But, yeah, start early. Bring water. Um, I'm going to start switching to my hydration backpack because I'm starting to drink more than my little handheld water bottle. But, yeah, definitely obtaining water bottles. I'm wearing a hat more. Um, I have my Amazon Echo, like, reminding me to bring sunscreen when I go for a ride. So just from a, a, a very extended amount of time training over the summer, because my ultras are usually in the fall, except for with the exception of the sadly's canceled for this year, Vermont 100, which is always in July. In July. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have some, some hard fought heat training tips. Oh yeah. And last year was so rough. It was, it was 80 something degrees at the start at 4am. Yeah. I and I know- remember you coming back and being like, oh, I had to crap out at like mile 75. And I was like, you still, you still went 75 miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was unpleasant. It was unpleasant. When I realized that I was going to be close to 28 hours on that finish and I'm typically like 20 or 21 hours, I, I was like, I can't, I can't continue to do this to my body. My heart rate is way too high. Like, and there's only so much that you can do to keep cooling. And then I saw a really large bear and I was like, okay, yeah, Yogi showed up. It's time to go home. Like, that's it. That was also the hottest weekend in like the the entire Northeast, like all summer. Yeah, that was, that was particularly brutal. So have some hard fought cooling tips for our friends here. So, um, number one, skin that is covered in a light colored fabric particularly a light colored moisture wicking fabric will remain cooler than skin that is uncovered. I know that folks tend to think that if they're in a sports bra or if they're shirtless, um, they will be cooler than, um, they will be cooler than if their skin is covered up. Uh, I know there's a lot of science behind it. I am not a scientist, nor do I pretend to play one on television. However, I will tell you that with evaporative cooling and the way that UV light reflects off the body, um, uncovered skin, especially in extremely hot situations, is going to get hotter faster and remain hotter than if you have, like, say, a white tank top. So if the choice is running in your sports bra on a day that it's already 89 degrees when you go to go outside uh, versus running in a, a very, very lightweight technical white tank top, you're probably going to remain cooler longer. Uh, the other bonus side of this is you can soak down light colored fabrics. And as the water evaporates off the fabric, you're going to stay cooler a little bit longer. Um, yeah. People get, people gave me a lot of crap about running and I, once it got to be like, we'd rolled into pretty house aid station. I think that's like mile 30, 31. Um, and I had a shirt from the Disney half in 2007 and I had my mom's shirt. So it was like really oversized and uh, I put it on and the guy I was running with is like, are you, what are you doing? Like I have a jacket in the car. Are you going to put that on too? I was like, Nope, I've got a plan. So I had this like white, super light long sleeve shirt. I had a white bandana around my neck and a white baseball cap and every aid station 
I would soak it down with ice. Um, we would go swimming in the river periodically. So light colored fabrics are going to keep you cooler than uncovered skin. Um, and they're certainly going to keep you cooler than dark fabrics. Um, I know here in New York, uh, people tend to favor a very monochromatic approach to running clothes in a lot That's of places. Very true. So if there's any way possible that you could get a slightly lighter color, you're probably going to be more comfortable longer. Yeah. Um, I have I have also found that pre-cooling works pretty well. So that's where, you know, not only, you know, making sure that you fuel up with the right calories and the right hydration before you leave the house, but consciously consuming something extremely cold, like, uh, like a half frozen Gatorade uh, or in a sort of like an ice slurry. What I like to do is I drink some Gatorade and pour some water into the bottle. Maybe like a quarter of the bottle will be water and throw it in the freezer overnight and then take it out about an hour before I run. So it's like sort of like slushy consistency. Um, and the nice part about that is pre-cooling helps you regulate your thermoregulate your body temperature a little more effectively because you're ingesting a really cold substance. Um, and the nice part about that is it helps prevent accelerated cardiac drift. So if you go out, like when it gets warmer, our body works harder to cool ourselves. We're spending more heartbeats getting cool. So if your resting heart rate is typically like mine's typically 44, 45, if That's I go out, <laughs> it's a long time running it, but if I stand up quickly, I will fall over. <laughs> that is something that happens. Uh, being six feet tall with a resting heart rate of 45, it's like the blood just doesn't go where it's supposed to. <laughs> just does not. Uh, I, at one point my Garmin was like, are you alive? Like, Hey, what's going on here? But if you, you know, notice that on warm training runs, your heartbeat is typically five to 10 beats higher in like super warm conditions. If you can get your core temperature down and save some of those heartbeats before you go out, that actually works really well, particularly for harder or longer efforts. That's something that I was very, I could very consciously do in hot races. I did, I've done it at the Vermont 100 every year. I did it at Havelina in the desert last year. Um, and it really, it works wonders, right? So it's just the same as like you would uh, focus on, you know, maybe some plyometrics and a little bit of strength before you go out for your run, just to make sure everything's loosened up. Like might as well cool the motor down a little bit before you go out. Totally. So it's definitely some things to think about. Also salt intake, mm-hmm. especially with accelerated sweat loss. When you come back in, you might notice that you've lost a lot more water weight than you typically do. Please make sure you are replacing your electrolytes. Very important. It'll also, you'll also notice like you might swell in places mm-hmm. because of sweat loss and salt loss specifically like yep. your calves and your feet are like super prone to swelling um my hands swell but i've learned that it doesn't have anything to do with salt loss because they swell all year long <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's got nothing to do with it yeah i like asked a professor about it and her answer and so this is if your fingers swell like mine do you don't your body will shunt blood to where you need it the most in any given activity so like when you're running your body's gonna like send blood to your heart and to your legs because that's like what's working the hardest um that's why you don't like digest as quickly because like your digestive Mm -hmm. system is like not a priority while you're running so if your hands are just like limp and by your sides while your arms swinging then your hands aren't getting the same amount of blood that they would get when you're using them to do everything you do for the rest of the day so they'll swell so my, my hands swell all year. 
which is super fun, like <laughs> post race, if I'm like trying to find somebody and I'm trying to send a text message and my thumbs are like double their size, like normal yeah, size. That's, that's when you just fire up Siri and be like, okay, like, she's probably right. going to mispronounce all of these things, but I don't care. Like that's just yeah, what's going to happen. Like, make sure they come back to normal. Like mine come back to normal within like the first hour that I'm done. So like if your fingers don't come back to normal, then like it's probably salt. But if they come back mm-hmm. to normal, it's probably just that your body prioritized some other things before your fingers. Exactly. So also to not, not to belabor the swelling point, because I think that's important, <laughs> but I do think it's important for folks, especially in warmer parts of the country, as we head into the hottest part of the summer to understand that there's a really distinct difference between heat stroke um, and just overexerting yourself in the heat. And the biggest thing to watch out for is if you stop sweating Yep. If you have stopped sweating, you really need to stop what you're doing, get your heart rate back down, get some calories on board, get some fluids. That's the biggest thing to watch out for. You may even find yourself a little disoriented. Um, as Emily mentioned, some things might be swelling, but that is that is the biggest thing that I think runners training through the summertime face and need to be very cognizant of, especially for folks yep. who maybe very busy folks, maybe got a couple of kids at home and they don't get out until the middle of the day, or perhaps they're running towards the end of the day, you know, before it gets dark outside and it's super hot. Um, so it's just something to, to really be cognizant of as, as long as you're sweat, if you're, as long as you're sweating normally, and even if you're sweating heavily and you're taking in electrolytes and water, you'll, you'll be okay. It's when you stop sweating that you really need to be very careful. Yeah, take it from someone who danced in a furry monster costume through the summer for three years. You don't. Oh my goodness! You don't want. You don't want to be overheated. It's not a good, not a good time. Nope. Not fun. Nope, nope, you nope. find yourself like standing outside, dumping ice water over your head, and like you just—it's not a good. It's not fun for you, and it's not fun to watch people go through either. So just like keep an eye on your friends too. Like if your yep. friend is drifting, your training partners, yeah. If your training partner is like starting to drift a little, make sure they're okay. Yeah, exactly. Not good. And and if you need to get your core temperature down quickly, and you have access to cooling materials, you have access to ice or ice packs or even just cold water from a hose. Uh, some of the most effective places to put those cooling agents are around the back of your neck, uh, the top of your neck by your carotid artery, your your chest, like so, ice in the sports bra. I know it's not mm-hmm. the most comfortable thing in the universe will work really well. And I know that this is a really unpopular option for just about everybody I can think of. But if somebody is really, really overheated to the point where they might feel nauseous or they're dizzy or they're disoriented, and I've seen all of this happen in the summer in re- relatively regular training conditions, ice in somebody's shorts will bring their oh. core temperature down like that. It's not pleasant. And you don't want to have to do it to people. But if you need to get somebody's core temperature down quickly, that will work. Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's not, it is. But I mean, if you're out on a training run with a friend and they're really having a hard time and you just don't know what to do and you know that, you know, you've applied ice to the back of their neck or in their sports bra or what, you know, in their armpits and just nothing is working, ice in the shorts will make a big difference. I know. I know. It's <laughs> not fun, but not I have fun. working at aid stations and also running extremely warm races realized that like sometimes you just have to do it. 
Yeah. I was talking with a friend the other day and she was like, I swapped out my shoes like halfway through because I was sloshing around. She's like, and I'm not quite sure where I threw my shirt. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, it's in somebody's front lawn. I'll go find it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now you're just leaving pieces of equipment all over the place. I was Absolutely. like, I love that you are in a rural enough area where you can like throw your shirt in someone's front lawn and be like, I'll just drive around and look for it tomorrow. <laughs> it'll be fine nobody's gonna touch it that's not a big deal hanging it from a tree on the side of the road be totally fine especially if it's soaked like with sweat because it's 100 percent humidity and like 100 degrees like no one's gonna touch that <laughs> nope 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 so we're talking about cooling we're talking about you know getting out early we're talking about um all the sort of the good things that you can do to take care of yourself during summer training one of the other things that i would always tell my athletes is that training plans are written in pencil and not ink i got that Mm -hmm. from my coach got that from my coach ian years ago and just realized that in these early phases particularly the best thing you can do is be consistent so if all you can do because of your schedule or because it's a thousand degrees outside is get out every day for three miles and you have dopey on the schedule and you're terrified that that's not going to be enough for right now, it's fine. Just focus on being consistent. Um, And if you find yourself falling into a position where you can only get training in on the weekends and you know, you're trying to make up the mileage on the weekends, really be very introspective and see if there's any way that you can get some more miles in during the week. I know that you and I both uh, slinging shoes at, at different points in time would get those folks that would come in and say, you know, my, my Achilles tendon's really bothering me. And you'd ask them how many miles a week they were running. They'd say 25 or 30. And you say, well, what's your weekly mileage look like, you know, day to day? And they, well, I run on Tuesday for like four miles and then the rest of it is on the weekend. And you go, oh, okay. There it is. Yep. We found it. We picked a winner. Yeah. So, and especially with these dopey plans, like these Galloway plans are simple. Um, for a reason and they're all they're, none of them are pace driven which is great there's no speed work built into this Galloway plan it's just about getting out there and getting it done and my training partner and I went out on Thursday and we were like cool we'll like walk to the park and when we get to the park we'll start running and then we walked to the park and we were like it is one of those days where it's like you step outside and you are soaked you didn't even go anywhere so we yeah. just like took our 45 minutes as a walk but we still did the 45 minutes of time on our feet we just did it as a yeah. walk you know, I still did my four miles this weekend, but I did it as a run walk. Like, you know, it's all about just getting it done and like being consistent with it. It doesn't matter how fast you go, especially this time of year. Like no one's expecting you to time PR in. in July. Like there's a reason we all. don't run July marathons. Yeah. Well, for the most well, part, and it Mary certainly right July now, ultras, but like that's but that's that's she's a different breed of human so it's fine i'm just really stubborn that's really what it is that's (laughs) that's the big thing so um so just to recap for everybody you know just be very conscientious about how you train in heat um we Mm -hmm. you know we really want to meet everybody at the starting line in january so we want to make sure everybody gets through the first phase of their training cycle healthy you know think about pre-cooling think about wearing light colored clothes Um, as emily emphasized if there's any way possible you can get out at cooler times of day either early in the morning or in the evening and really focusing on self-care especially if you start to find yourself getting overheated Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that we didn't touch specifically on um, and we've touched briefly on in some previous shows, we realized that there are a lot of very distinct opinions about mask wearing while exercising. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I will say just from personal experience that in high traffic areas, and I define high traffic as any more than 10, I might, if I see more than 10 people on a run or an activity, I will bring a mask with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I've always worn a buff on my wrist just in case I needed it for some sort of sweat removal or, uh, you know, plant removal or something. Yes, I needed they needed that. I found myself in, in pricker bushes more times than I care to think about. And they're wonderful for helping remove uh, choya cactus. That's another thing too. But I, I just would encourage everybody uh, who is running uh, mass right now to really pay attention to their heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is an excellent indicator of where you are. Personally, running in a mask adds 10 to 15 beats per minute to my heart rate. Um, mm-hmm. So while Same. still relatively low, just to be very cognizant of that. Um, yeah, and for sure. If, if at all possible, maybe procure some masks that are made out of technical fabric. Thing is going to be slimy after a particular period of time, but there are several companies out there that are making masks that are made out of technical fabric. Ink and Burn out of San Diego, California has some really nice masks and lots of fun colors. I know that Athleta was making some masks out of technical fabric. So we just encourage folks to just be cognizant of that as another thing in your training and just, just to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, something to, something to consider. Totally. And, you know, scope out new routes. I'm, you know, I live next to a bridge and it's not, it's the most terrifying bridge in New York. So it's not my favorite route, but the Island on the other side doesn't have anybody. So ah. that's like, I'll, I'll bear the terrifying bridge to run on the other side where there isn't anybody. Um, like yesterday, last night, I went over to the track um, that's near my house and it was like far too people for comfort, but I ended up staying. But I that was the only time so far that I've worn my buff for the entire run. Mm-hmm. I've been like mm-hmm. lucky enough to go out in the morning and be like not around a lot of people and be able to take it down and breathe. I do have asthma, so I'm very, very aware of like how I'm breathing with the mask on. Um, but yesterday was the first time I left it on for the entire four miles because I was like, there's just too many people around. Yep. And it's just, a, it's, and again, we would encourage you, you know, to, to, to just consider, you know, where you're at with this, you know, personally, and also just to, to make smart decisions about your health based on the fact that wearing, running while your face is covered is going to contribute to a higher heart rate, just something Definitely. to consider. And be kind to yourself about it too. Like, be patient and be, you know, it's not right. Like like I said, nobody's running for PRs right now. We're just running to Mm -hmm. get out. And because it's something that we can do and it's something that we can control. Mm -hmm. So just be kind to yourself about it too. Don't, you know, if your heart rate is a little higher with the mask on, like don't beat yourself over the head and be like, Oh my God, I'm I'm like so out of shape. Like you're not like if Mary is telling you that her heart rate is 10 to 15 beats higher and she runs like, a crap ton of miles a week like be, be patient with yourself like mary is not out of shape <laughs> she's just running with a mask on uh, yes indeed indeed and also a mask in warm conditions right so that's just yeah. something to to encourage i think a uh, greater self-care i think is what we're after yes. here especially in warm weather for sure for sure so, and it'll be easier for you to wear it in the winter i wear my buff all winter um yeah cause as, just because if you don't cold. know asthma is like a cooling of the lungs and so when it's 20 degrees out here and i'm like breathing in cold air my lungs are like what are you doing to us <laughs> yeah so we're wearing the buff all the time that's so we're wearing the buff all year now so it was just like a couple month thing for a little bit but now it's like a yeah, it's, you, know, you know it's an all the time thing for now it's an all the time thing we're great everything is great <laughs> 
so so with that in mind, um, just some things, Emily, maybe from a sort of a physical standpoint in terms of like flexibility and strength, maybe I think now is a great time to start incorporating those things into your recovery or either your warm up before you head out. What are your thoughts on that? For sure. So before you go out on your run, anything you do needs to be active. You don't want to do any static stretching. You don't want to do any long stretch and hold, touch your toes, that kind of situation. Everything that you do should be active. Um, And there are lots of ways of active stretching and active warm up that we can like share some links to and stuff. Um, I teach a method called active isolated stretching and Mary has done it. And it's really Mm -hmm. great for both like pre and post workout. Um, And it's just like a little bit more of an active stretch. It's not a long hold. It's more of a lengthening of the muscles. It's essentially tricks your muscles into thinking you're more flexible than you are. Which is why I like it. Which is awesome. Because then over time, you actually do start to become as flexible as your muscles think you are. You're just not holding it for long enough for your muscles to realize that they're being stretched. They think it's they're normal. Um, If that makes any sense. So anything you do beforehand needs to be active afterwards when you get back from your run and you're exhausted please sit and touch your toes for as long as you'd like sit in at child's that point, pose. that's my favorite sit in your child's pose downward dog whatever it is that you like to do I like to lay on my back with my feet up or like with my knees to my chest to like give my back a break that's the first thing I do when I get back up to you but like before you run active after you run static but make sure you're stretching, especially in this heat. If you are outside in the heat and then you come back in and your place is like, if you're blessed with central air conditioning and you're, <laughs> and you're walking back into a meat locker, it's like and you're walking degrees. back into a meat locker, your muscles yeah. are going to not be happy about it. You know, make sure you take that time to stretch and cool down and recover just as important as the mileage you're getting in. Um, if you want to active recover on your off days, like go take a little walk around the block. I think my biggest problem right now in the fact that I'm not working is that when I'm not outside running or like running errands, I'm like sitting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, Ooh, I don't feel great. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. like, sit- I'm sitting on my bed. Like I'm not even sitting at a desk with like good posture. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. So, you know, so for me, it's become like my days have become about like, okay, I'm going to get out for like a five to 10 minute walk because like, I know my back needs it like every couple hours mm-hmm. or I'll go down my stairs to get the mail and come back up a couple times to like hit my stairwell goal. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Again, it's like small, something to move. Yep. Small little, you know, improvements in terms of moving um, yeah. will help long-term. Yeah. And if you find yourself the fact that like you're now doing all of your meetings from Zoom, like at home at your desk, like get up, walk around. My mom did a mile around her kitchen table when it was thunderstorming the other day. Very oh my proud gosh, of her. Just walking, just walking around. Good for her. Yeah, she literally just walked laps around the kitchen table and she was like, look, I walked a mile. Literally just in laps around the kitchen table. You know, whatever you need. To, and she works at a computer all day or sits behind a piano. So like she's, you know, she's sitting so that when it's thunderstorming and tropical storming like it does up here in the in the summer, you know, we do what we need to. Yep. And if that means walking a thousand times around your kitchen table to get your mile in, you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, we do what we have to just survive. <laughs> indeed, my friend. Indeed. All right. We'll put some links in the blog post so that folks have a better perspective on maybe what active isolated stretching looks like or pre-cooling methods so people can get a little more familiar with that. Totally. Um, And if you guys have questions, reach out to us on, you know, our social medias. If you want to see more of like what we do for training, 
Um, you can either like follow us personally on Instagram or Strava, but we're also happy to share some more of our training on our Earful Runner uh, social media. But you're also welcome to follow us on Strava anytime yes. you want. You can see how insanely far Mary runs and how I just kind of scrape by. I don't I don't know about that. This week was this week was not that far. I just like I rediscovered my bike this week because of where I am. So I was able to get out and ride. And I hadn't ridden since I was doing triathlons competitively. Like I haven't read ridden really seriously since I don't know, probably ten years ago. And I have a nice bike. I just, you know, carrying it down five flights of stairs or like riding 10 miles to get to 9W just was never in my purview. So I got, I got out and um, I had a great ride yesterday morning. I did 25. And then I realized that I had ridden down the hill to get out onto my route. And I was either going to have to ride down an even bigger hill to get back to the house, or I was going to have to ride up the hill. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to ride up the hill. <laughs> So I'm in my lowest gear, just like pedaling like crazy. I look like Marcel Marceau on a bicycle, you know, just kind of like crazy. And uh, I got to this driveway about halfway up the hill and I thought, okay, I'm going to put my foot down for a second because I just need, like, I need to rest. So I unclipped and I put one foot down and then I totally forgot that because of the pitch of the hill, I wouldn't be able to clip back in on my right side because it was just too steep to get the momentum on the bike to go up. So I had to ride back down the hill to clip back in to ride back up the hill. And I was like, okay we're, oh. we're done now we're done so oh. yeah um, so yeah so yeah you know, cross training is great just you know cross super fun <laughs> yeah i did ballet in my kitchen the other day which was great ish <laughs> you know tile is not the ideal dance floor but like hey we're, we're, by. we're doing it it's fine so that's gonna be the like the, everything's great it's so everything's great <laughs> so so with that um are there any other things that people should kind of keep in mind uh you know as they get into sort of the space phase of training or their forward planning you know just things to think about i always think about shoes right like think about your footwear yeah. and what you're wearing um yeah keep an if, eye on the mileage on your shoes if you can like log them into garmin or strava both have like shoe mileage tracking apps features yeah so whatever you can do to like keep an eye on your shoes take like do some googling and see what the average life is on like the pair of shoes you wear because it definitely does mm -hmm. vary depending on the build of the shoe um, but we say usually three to five hundred miles but some shoes can go further and some can't even make it to 300 miles so take a look and see what the average lifespan of your shoes is if you feel like you're working harder like for me i like i feel like i'm working harder and my knees hurt that's mm -hmm. usually my shoes are dead. Yeah. So it was a sign that the shoe death is imminent. Um, one of the things that I encourage people to think about when they're getting a new pair of running shoes is the best running shoes are the ones you don't notice at all. They're just mm -hmm. there and they work. Um, and sometimes people think I should get the most cushioned shoe that I could get. And it feels wonderful when they're in the store and they're like, oh my God, it's like stepping on a sofa. This is great. And then out in the run, they feel like, oh, my God, I'm dragging a sofa on my foot, you know. So to yeah. like noticing an ample amount of cushioning is just can be just as challenging as, you know, not enough cushioning. Right. So if you if you're really torn between two different kinds of shoes, um, put one model on one foot and one on the other and either run on the treadmill or walk around in the store and figure out if which, you know, if shoe A is on your left foot and shoe B is on your right foot which of those shoes do you notice the least? Yeah. 
that's usually a pretty good way to approach it. For sure, for sure. And I mean, Mary and I run in completely different shoes. Mary runs on the clouds, and I, <laughs> I do. Yeah, as a as a as a bigger person, I I favor the hokas most definitely. And as a person who grew up like barefoot in a dance studio, like I prefer to not run on clouds. <laughs> I prefer yeah. to feel the ground. So it's you know we run the same. I mean, Mary runs a lot more than I do, but like essentially we race the same kind of distances usually. You know, so it depends on the person. I ran like across the country in like the Adidas Boston and most of my friends ran across the country in hookahs. Yeah. I was going to say you were the, you were the only person in that van rocking a racing flat. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> we did have one other girl who ran in ultras. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. But yeah, but out of all of the it. people on your squad, probably, uh, probably. Yeah. Most, is, of, most like if they hadn't worn hookahs before they like switched like mid trip. <laughs> bring me the clifton which i don't with... i don't suggest doing but like it seemed to work for them and a lot of them like now permanently run in hocus so like that's cool it worked yeah not so, my jam so but it worked so check on your shoes and i think one of the things that you talked about too emily was just testing out nutrition starting to test nutrition yeah. you know yeah, definitely see what that's for definitely you. something i'm doing um especially at the lower distances so like if i test something and i'm doesn't agree with me i'm not 10 miles from my house yes exactly <laughs> and you're like oh okay this is yeah it's, it's a lot lower stakes on a five mile run than on a 10 or a 15. exactly yeah for sure and you know start planning like if you're planning on costumes make sure you test them out um beforehand yes. you know like i've definitely run into problems with costumes that i wish i had tested beforehand that honda mansion ballerina had a layer of tool that like was not Ooh. good that I like ended up like kind of rolling up and like trying to like stuff in the pocket of the shorts that were like built in. <laughs> I like thought about cutting it out at a like first aid station and then was like, well, no, cause I like kind of want to sell this costume when I'm done with it. Yeah, but the person so that like bought it, I was like, Hey, test out the tool. Cause if you don't like it, you might want to cut it out. Yeah. Just FYI, this might be something to consider. Yeah. Like, especially if you're planning on running in tutus, like also keep in mind like wet tutus like rub you in a totally different way than like a dry tutu. So if it's like hot or there's mm -hmm. like, like one pride run, like NYR had like sprinklers on and I got like a little too wet and then was like rubbing. I remember tool. that. <laughs> your, your tutu was so sad. It was like all flat. <laughs> it was all flat. It was so sad. So it was like, like, so things like that. If, if there's something like running skirts, we tend to know how they operate and like, that's cool. But like, if you've never run in a tutu before, if you've never run in wings or you've never run in a cape or like whatever it is that you're doing or like a headpiece, ears, test take some adjusting, um, you know, make sure you test all of that out before you get there. And, um, the other thing that I have been doing more so in the last couple of years of planning costumes is like coming up with all weather alternatives ah uh, that's a great point yeah so like spoiler so for one of the wine and nine races i'm planning on doing sorcerer mickey so i have like a tank top version and i have a long sleeve version depending on what the weather is then i can decide which version to wear but both look cute with the costume perfect so perfect. like that's definitely something like Jan especially January and February if you're doing like marathon weekend or princess like this year's marathon weekend was really really hot but like princess weekend the first day was like cold and sideways raining and the second day was just cold 
Gotcha. And then it was back gotcha, to like gotcha. normal Florida weather by the third day. So like I ended up buying a layer for the 10K. And then not needing it for the half. And then the half was like back to tank top weather. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Test, so just test like your, test your costumes. Test your costumes and decide what can be like altered for the weather. Cause it sucks to like buy a really cool costume and then like not be able to wear it because it's like not weather appropriate mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you have to cover it with a jacket or like whatever it is. Like that sucks. Like that's not fun. We don't want to do that. So if you can like plan for weather appropriate outfits or options for different weather appropriate outfits. Yeah. And now is a great time to test stuff out because you'd just be bringing a little bit of magic to your neighborhood or wherever it is that you're running, right? If you're testing out yeah. parts of your costumes. I think that's great. And like depending on where you live, like it might not even be that weird. Like I saw Thor running in Central Park once. <laughs> and I like I was like, I don't know yeah. what you're prepping yeah. for, but like you're ready for it. He had a hammer. He was ready to go. Yeah, he had a hammer. He had the cape. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. And that was, like, when Disneyland still did Avengers half. So, I'm like, I bet he was training for Avengers half. Testing out the wig and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really good. So, depending on where you live, it might be, like, a welcome surprise to see people in costumes. Yeah. Or just rocking the ears while they're running. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But ears weigh, like, ears have some weight. Yeah. And if you're, if you're somebody who wears their hair back when they run, but not when they're wearing their ears in the park, like just be aware that they're going to sit a little different on your head and, and they might different shift. And yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. You might have to buy some bobby pins. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like my, Chewbacca, my Chewbacca ears are pretty spectacular, but I won't be running in them because there is some heft to them. Uh, yeah. So those will be, those will be my simply walking in back into the studios for the first time ears. Those will be, that's, that's their jam right now. Yeah, I have. I've only run in ears once, and they were ones that I bought like when the electrical parade was still a thing, and they light they uh, light up. So like they're just oh, a cool. bow, and then like two like fiber optic like um, things that make like the ears, um, but they're plastic and they comb in. Oh, so I didn't gotcha. have to. I didn't have to clip them in because they already combed in, which was really nice. But like they're plastic, so that that's a little irritating. And the back ears, so like, for sure. Yeah, so, like, I only wore it for the 10K, and, like, it ended up being fine. But if I had had them on any longer, like, I would have considered maybe, like, adding, like, some felts or something to the ends. A little bit of key like, tape or something like that. Yeah, something to, like, not irritate the back of my ears. Ear tape. My I human feel like ears. Yeah, I feel like ear tape is something that we could probably market to our folks. Like, here's a way to make your ears more comfortable while you're running in them. Right. Yeah, it's just little foam covers or something. Anyways, so I I really, I think that these updates are awesome. I think the training updates are super helpful and I'm excited to drop these in the blog post. Um, And as always, folks, we are more than happy to chat. So if you have training questions, if you're interested in, you know, sort of thoughts and ideas and concepts around Run Disney, please feel free to hit us up. We hope Mm -hmm. you enjoyed our show. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be sending out fresh episodes every Tuesday. And if you dig our show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor. Um, the more positive reviews that we get, the higher we'll be ranked and the more visible we be, will be to other listeners just like you. Yay! Thank you for tuning in. We would love to connect with you online. You can find us at earfulrunner.com or at earfulrunner on Facebook and Instagram. 
Thanks. See you real soon.